Well, hello, and welcome to Riffs on Riffs, where we explore the collision of original and sample tracks and the artists who made them. And, and I'm your host, Joe Watson, and I have to watch my co-host, Kobe <laughs> Braswell, just busting a move across the way. Is it my fault that we've picked some very danceable songs as of late? Come no, I think, I think that's, that's what we should be doing. Well, together on the show, we listen and dance to the legendary tracks in the timeless but sometimes not so well-known songs they sampled from. Toby, what are we listening to today? We are listening to My Life by Mary J. Blige, off her 1994 album of the same name. You know, you've got a point here. This song just harkens back to a happy place. It just just kind of reminds me of bees and things and flowers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I think I may know why that is, sir. So why don't we hop in the DeLorean and see what track was sampled to make this hit? Rewind! Well, it sounds, sounds pretty familiar. It does. The message is clear. <laughs> oh, the bongos. I like it. You like that? The way they bend that note my right life, there. My mm. life, my life, my life in the sunshine. All right, Tom, tell the good people what we're listening to. We are listening to the song Everybody Loves Sunshine by the legendary jazz icon and godfather of neo soul, Roy Ayers. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about Roy? Well, sure. Roy Edward Ayers Jr. was born on September 10th, 1940, in LA. He showed a love for music at an early age and was playing some boogie-woogie piano and a bunch of other instruments by the age of five. He also had another life-changing moment at the age of five. He and his family went to see a concert by the legendary vibraphonist Lionel Hampton and his big band. Now, as Lionel was cruising the aisles after the show thanking fans, he noticed an especially excited young boy. Well, that boy was Roy Ayers, and Lionel handed him his vibraphone mallets. The rest, as they say, is history. And then at the age of 17, Roy's parents gifted him his first set of vibes. So, so Joe, I'm wondering if that was not only a, a life-changing moment yeah. for him, but also a life-changing moment for our producer, Isabel, and also our uh, Eric and why, as well. Because they're both vibraphonists. I didn't even know that before we came in. Are you, you, I am are not you, are you lying. being serious here? I mean, completely serious. They both play—Eric played professionally. What? Eric play, he's a four I mallet guy. I thought he was guy. just a, you know, a synthesizer guy. No, he's a, no this is a... He's, he's a four a, ma- He's for real. He's for real. He's the real deal. I have a whole... I mean, I already respected them a ton, but now it's like, <laughs> it's a whole new level. Isabel played for eight years. Although, I, I didn't even know that was... I didn't know that was even I'm an stunned. option in high school. I am too. Oh, yeah. I am too. Back to Roy. Okay. <laughs> so, can we talk a little bit about what a vibraphone is exactly? I feel like... That's a setting I put on my mobile when I'm in church so uh-huh. I don't get dirty looks like from the preacher. <laughs> vibraphone. You know, yeah, yeah, vibraphone. I see you know what I'm saying. There. You yeah. know what I, Yeah. Well, you know what? That's a smart move. Remember to shut off your alarms too because they will go off regardless. You know, not that that's ever been Hallelujah. my experience or anything. <laughs> well, no. A vibraphone is a set of tuned metal bars. I feel like we should bring in the experts to tell us now. <laughs> right. That's what I said. And it's part of the percussion family. Do you remember those toy xylophones you played as a kid? I still play them. What yeah. are you talking about? Well, okay. I was not trying to out you in this episode, <laughs> but a vibraphone is not all that different. It's just, just kind of bigger and badder. 
Right, 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 right. So it's typically played with two or four mallets, and it's a popular instrument in both jazz and classical music. So we just talked about Lionel Hampton. Let's take a listen to his appropriately named song, Hot Mallets, to hear some stellar vibraphone work. So do you know the kind of precision you yeah. have to have for this? Yeah. Guy's got skills. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, Lionel played with everyone from Benny Goodman to Buddy Rich, Charlie Parker to Charlie Mingus. He even played with Quincy Jones. So it's, again, one of those times where the word legend is certainly appropriate. Absolutely. So the vibraphone was also the instrument of choice for the king of lounge music, mm. Arthur Lyman. Let's hear the track Yellowbird from his 1960 album, Percussion Spectacular. Oh, See? Soothing. I'm feeling the beach right now. You feeling the beach? Yeah, heck yeah. I believe this genre was called exotica. So <laughs> is that right? It, it's a true story. I'm feeling the beach and pineapple mm-hmm. and Mai Tais. Exotic. Exotic. Parrots? Yes. Not not eating parrots, just looking okay, at them. Okay, good. I was <laughs> I was worried. <laughs> just leave them on your shoulder, buddy. Well, Mr. Lyman may have made this a hit, but I I think he was missing a little bit of something. I I can't quite put my finger on it. So, Mm. thankfully, one of your favorite groups came along, did a fantastic cover in 2004. Which group is that? Okay, well, why don't we just listen to how the Wiggles got their yellow bird groove. The Wiggles? Yeah, let's give it a spin. Let's, Let's do it. See, you're dancing. I knew, I knew you were a fan. I'm done dancing now. (laughs) (laughs) The Wiggles, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Not one of my favorite groups. But hey, it works. It works. It worked for them, apparently. Well, partner, I'm setting some serious boundaries right now. Uh Uh-oh. If you play another Wiggles song on this show, you're going to be flying solo for the rest of this episode. (laughs) I I can guarantee you that. I mean, if you want to miss out on music and dancing and magic and games, I guess so be it. (laughs) All right, let's get back to Roy. Yep. So I think that's for the best. Now let's start with the 1963 debut album, West Coast Vibe, and listen to a track called Young and Foolish. Sounds like me. Oh, wait, no, (laughs) that first part's not true. (laughs) What a fool believes. What a fool. Back to Doobie. Back to Doobie. This is pretty. Yeah. I feel like I'm at like a, a five-star restaurant right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will have the surf and turf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, in the, the early 70s. <laughs> the more shrimp. <laughs> the more shrimp. Besides his solo work, Roy started a project called Roy Ayer's Ubiquity. So let's take a listen to the song, We Live in Brooklyn, Baby, off his 1972 album, He's coming. Still laughing off the surfer turf. <laughs> yeah, we're getting a little funkier now. Mm-hmm. Wait for it. There it is. Yeah. I need somebody to do a Cleveland version of this song. That's a great idea. We should do that. Let's do that. We could do that. We want to make it. 
So this song has been sampled a number of times, including an interpolation by Kendrick Lamar on his 2012 song, Good Kid. Let's hear that. Kendrick knew what he's doing. He yeah, has yeah. some, some good producers. I gotta spend some more time with Kendrick. You and me both. Spend more time with Roy, too. Roy's the man. Well, in 74, Roy Ayers' Ubiquity released the album Change Up the Groove, which contained the track The Boogie Back. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one's gonna sound familiar. Let's hear it. Definitely sounds familiar. Probably because it's featured prominently on the NWA track, F the Police, mm-hmm. off the Straight Outta Compton album. Now, yeah. as, you, as you might imagine, we can't play any of that. No. Like, not one iota <laughs> really of that, because this is a family show. So you'll have to take our word for it. Yeah. Actually, I think that track actually has been a bunch of, t- a few tunes on that album. Anyway, mm-hmm. by 75, Roy had begun his crossover into kind of R&B sounds. And the album Mystic Voyage hit number 13 on the top R&B and hip-hop charts. The lead single of the same name also reached number 70 on the charts. So, let's hear Mystic Voyage. This reminds me a little bit of uh, Summer Madness. Both good, good summer cruising songs. To make a summer cruise uh, playlist, man. This is definitely on there, though, for sure. So, we should probably get to our first feature track. Now, right. Everybody Loves the Sunshine in 1976. That's when it was released. Again, off the album of the same name. Let's take another listen to that. Just bees and things and flowers. You know that dance that, that Snoop does when his hands are up? Yes. Yeah, you can do That's that dance perfectly. <laughs> Absolutely. And the sunshine. Well, besides being heavily sampled for our second feature track, Mary J. Blige's My Life, this song has been used a ton. At one time, it was one of the most heavily sampled songs in hip-hop. We should explore some more of those samples in our bonus material, but... For now, I want to showcase a sample by one of your favorite artists. It, if it's the Wiggles, dude, we can stop right now. Seriously. <laughs> if it's ki- Wiggles or Kids, Bop, I'm not yeah. doing it. Dropping the mic yeah. and I'm, I'm, no. Okay. I, I've got a legitimate favorite this time. Okay. I promise. Okay. Hit it's, me. it's someone you recently saw in concert. Okay. Okay. So okay. let's hear how Common used Everybody Loves the Sunshine for his song, Book of Life, on his 94 Resurrection yes. album. Yes. Let's do it. My man. I knew I had to bounce back. One of my favorite albums to come. And this man is lyrically insane. So I'm glad we could find some some common ground oh, here. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. yeah. I, w- I was getting worried because Roy's heavily influenced of R&B, you know, he actually earned the moniker of the godfather of neo-soul through his influence can certainly be felt, you know, in many genres. Yeah. Well, I love how a song like this can be beautifully rendered in so many different spaces. Let's hear how jazz trumpeter Takuya 
Kuroda, I hope I got that right, covers Everybody Loves the Sunshine on his 2014 album, Rising Sun. Nice. Okay. I haven't heard this version. This is nice. cool. It's nice. That track features jazz baritone Jose James on vocals. Now, who did it? He actually did a cover of the 1937 George Gershwin tune. Ooh. They can't take that away from me on the Fifty Shades Darker soundtrack. Ah. So while we're talking about, yeah. let's 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 take a listen to All that right. real quick. The way you wear your hat The way you sip your tea Love this song mm-hmm. I love this song Smooth No, no, they can't take that away from me The way your smile just beams All right, well done, Jose. Well done. Well done. Bravo. Well, speaking of soundtracks, that song was first sung to Ginger Rogers by Fred Astaire mm. in the movie Shall We Dance. Now, that's that's something I have to dig up. That's i got to see that. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you and me both, for sure, for sure. Jose James also recently did a cover album of Bill Withers' tunes. Now, that's another artist we both love and actually did a Riffs episode on. So be sure to check out the Riffs back catalog for any episodes you missed, people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, let's take a listen to one more Roy Ayers track, this one from his 1977 album Lifeline and a song called Running Away. Funky. Money though. And he's played with just about everybody too. He's good. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's what happens, right? That's what happens when you're good. Doobie more doobie. Doobie doo, more doobies. <laughs> so a tribe called Quest sampled this for their song. Description of a Fool from the 1980s. More fools. Yeah, right, right. From the 1989 album, People, Instinctive Travels, and Paths of Rhythm. Wait, what? Do that album name again? (laughs) That's People's Uh Instinctive Travels and Paths of Rhythm. Wow. First album. Yeah. First. And so Tribe was a, that was a weird group, okay? Right, So I loved their second album so much that I went back and bought their first album, Uh like, retrospectively, you know, so to speak, sure. or whatever. Yeah, it wasn't the same. But it's st- <laughs> <laughs> but I still enjoyed it, right? It's, 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 it was different. But let's give that a spin while we're talking about it. All right. right. Description of a fool. Here it is. They did good on this track. Yeah. It was 89. Right. I mean, it's... <laughs> Come on. The production's pretty hot. Like, you can just... Yeah. The meters are bleeding, but... It's 89. Right. (laughs) It's hip-hop in 89. Stop it. That's what you get. All right. Well, we'll revisit a little more Roy's influence on our bonus material. But for now, I think it's time we focus on our second featured artist. Tobe, tell us a little bit more about Miss Mary J. Blige. With pleasure. Mary J. Blige was born on January 11th in 1971 in the New York borough of the Bronx. Now, she did spend some time in Georgia before moving back to New York. Well, she was one of three children, and her mother was a nurse, and her father was a jazz musician. Unfortunately, her father was a Vietnam vet that suffered from PTSD and alcoholism. So sadly, he left the family in the mid-70s. And they existed mainly on Mary's mother's earnings. 
So as if that wasn't enough, Mary was also sexually assaulted at an early age, and that got her involved in drugs and alcohol as a coping mechanism. She dropped out of school in her junior year of high school. Well, despite the personal issues, this did not stop Mary from her love of music, illustrated by the fact that she sang in her Pentecostal church and later joined a band based in Yonkers called The Pride. She and the band recorded a cover version of Anita Baker's Caught Up in the Rapture, and Mary's mom got that recording in the hands of none other than Jeff Red. You mean the Jeff Red that did this? Oh, I never had a love like you who can do the things you do so good. Get it, Jeff. Sing it. So that was Jeff Red's single called Love High from his debut album called Quiet Storm, released in 1990. I know Quiet Storm is the name of of the Braswell mixtape, by the way. You know it. (laughs) Actually, mine's called Quiet Storms, plural. Oh, okay. Yeah, plural. More than just one. (laughs) Stop it. Besides being a recording artist, he was also the A&R runner for Uptown Records. And he's the man who got this recording of Mary J. Blige into the hands of CEO Andre Harrell. Harrell obviously liked it and signed Blige as a backup vocalist for artists like this guy. You know it's two-step time. No. The Toby two-step. Stop it. <laughs> well, well, he's played in all, ty- all types of weddings this song was played. Yes, <laughs> yes. Well, that's uh, that's Father MC, which is which is a bold moniker, by the way. Father MC, mm-hmm. like you know, you gotta you gotta believe in yourself. With his hit single, "I'll Do for You." What was the album called? I don't remember. Father's Day. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he took it all the way. Yeah. He just said Father's the first Day. single might have been called "Call Me Daddy," but go ahead, continue. <laughs> well, I'm sure a lot of you also hear the Cheryl Lynn sample of "Got to Be Real." This track reached number one on the rap Hot 100 singles and number 20 on the Billboard Hot 100. So there's a sentiment in regards to the likelihood of one's success in business. You know, in business, we always say, you know, location, location, yes. location. Yeah. So, well. And what, always be selling. And always be. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so while at Uptown, Mary's location allowed her to work with none other than Sean Puffy Combs. So Puffy became the executive producer for Mary's first album, which was entitled What's the 411? Now, the title of which was a nod to her past job as a 411 operator. The album was released on June 28th in 1992 and features the production talent of Devante Swing, Tony DeFat, Dave Hall, Mark Morales, and Mark Corey Rooney. There's a lot of things you can say about Puff, but one thing that's for sure is that this man knows how to develop talent and get the most out of his artists. Well, let's take a listen to the first single to come from this album, You Remind Me, which reached number 29 on the Hot 100 and number one on the Hot R&B charts. Can I tell you how happy I am that we are doing a Mary J. Blige episode? Yeah, I mean, I can see it. I guess the audience can't, but I can tell. This is Mary, dog. I know. It's Mary, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, when this album came out, it was all about Mary. It was. It was all all, about Mary. I see what you're doing. You see what I'm doing? I see what you're doing. (laughs) 
It's a dope song, but let's take a listen to one of my personal favorites. This is her second single, Real Love. And this, to me, is where Mary separated herself from the other R&B artists. Tell them, girl. All right, Tom. So I dig the tune. I like the song. But why does this one in particular stand out for you? You know, that's a really good question. I'm going to answer that question with another question. Seriously? Okay. Yeah. I'm that guy. I'm that guy today. So what do TLC, Jade, SWV, Sade, Bobby Mm. Brown, Silk, After 7, and Brian McKnight all have in common? Okay, that's an easy one. These are all groups, performers that make appearances on the (laughs) Braswell, Quiet Storm, Slow Jam tape. Too easy. That's too easy. (laughs) I need a deeper answer. Too easy. Oh, that's all I got. (laughs) Well, all of those groups released albums in 92. Now, some of them were awesome albums. I mean, period. I mean, I remember TLC's album is is, is certainly famous, right? For sure. Groundbreaking. But Mary's album was raw. I mean, she really embraced hip-hop, and in doing so, really gained a lot of fans, both male and female. Now, her album actually had an interlude that features Buster Rhymes to prove that point. Mm-hmm. That, it was so cool. In the middle of the album, of right. an R&B album, yeah. you have Buster Rhymes just talking and right. rapping and then talking again. Like, what? <laughs> it was just totally unexpected, yeah. right? yeah. So one could say that TLC did a lot of that in regards to, you know, you had Left Eye. I mean, she was, she was the rapper of the group. But if we're being completely honest, there isn't a member of TLC that can compare with Mary vocally. Mm. Now, her second single really shows the official marriage between hip-hop and R&B. Yeah, you, you've got the nice vocals from Mary, and it's mixed with a drum break sample from uh, Audio 2 mm-hmm. and their, their track Top Billin', which is another track, another group we discussed in an earlier episode. So I, I, get, I see where you're going here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when I thought about Mary J's influence on music, I have to agree with BBC's music's uh, David O'Donnell. He has a statement that he made about this album a couple years back. What's the 411 is arguably one of the most important albums of the 90s. Not only did it signal the arrival of the queen of hip-hop soul, but it also broke every rule in the book, fusing hip-hop beats with R&B melodies. The album created a recipe that would lead to the contemporary R&B sound of today. So let me say this. We did a Mariah episode a while back, Mm -hmm. right? Now, I think that she created, I think Mary J actually created the recipe. I think Mariah perfected the recipe of the fusion between the two. Interesting. Because mm-hmm. if you look at the... the, the uh, I have to look at the timeline. You got to look at the timeline because at this time, Mariah, she released a motion album yeah, right. like in 93. So it was right... Yeah, right afterwards. Right, right, right. And it was just... And it was still the same of like, you know, yeah. vision of love yeah, type Mariah. Yeah, yeah. But it was only after Mary gotcha. that she was like, okay, no more. No, I got now, it. Now I can do this. I can do this now. Right. Well, What's a 411 was eventually certified triple platinum. Mary's voice was compared to the likes of Anita Baker and Shaka Khan, which is some high praise. So tell me, Tom, would you put her in Absolutely that category? Not. Absolutely, really? absolutely not. No, 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 no. Because Mary's got pipes. Mary does have pipes. And honestly, if, if we're being, I mean, at the time of the, uh, the first recording, 
I mean, she was good. She is actually much better sure. now. Yeah, hone the craft. Uh, for sure, for sure. But no, not not Anita Baker. No, we can't do that. Well, and not Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan? Yeah. Shaka Khan. <laughs> let me, Shaka let me Khan, rock you. Shaka Khan. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> that's, that's a whole other level right there. But she's good. Yeah. She's, she's good. And she's actually, you know, she's improved over the years. Yeah, and you mentioned earlier she was embraced by the hip-hop generation and a lot more than any diva or diva in the making before. Mm-hmm. You know, that's also illustrated by this remix of the hit single, I'll Be There For You, You're All I Need, yes. to get from, from Wu-Tang MC, yes. Method Man. Yes. So let's take a listen to that. I know, I say with with the most amount of confidence that there was a couple that got married to this song during this year. Huh. I'm sure of it. This song right here? Yeah. This was, I talked to you about the whole McDLT effect, the, the perfect right. mix between the right, hot right. and the cold. This was it. Huh. This was it. I guess it. I'm only surprised because the, the music in this song kind of has an ominous sort of feel to People me. People loved it. Yeah. I mean, People it's cool. I dig it. it but. Yeah, yeah. So one reason why people love Mary is that you can feel her pain in her music. I mean, she's not the only one, obviously, that you can feel pain in music, but she certainly is one, right? And especially given the fact that she writes a lot of her lyrics. It takes us to her second album, which contains our second feature track. Let's take another listen to My Life. So if I have to be honest, I feel like I got through college and became an adult listening to Mary, right? I mean, just just being yeah. honest. Yeah. So although I never met her, I have to say that her music brings back uh, just a ton of memories. Just that's how music does, right? It's what music does to people. As many times as I've heard this album, it hit me a little bit different now. And I feel like it was a friend crying out for help, and it made me feel like reaching out to support. I mean, hmm. Is that weird? No, man, that's, uh, look, music is nothing if it's not pure emotion. You certainly don't need words to feel music, but the lyrics of this album certainly indicate that she was going through some tough times, so, I mean, it's a natural response to want to just kind of like, hey, hey, yo, I'm here, I'm here, I got you. Right, right, I I totally hear you, and maybe it's a factor of being older, wiser, and a reflection of the state of, you know, mental health, you know, in this country. Yeah. But it does appear that she, you know, has made it past some of those demons or most of those demons because she certainly has had a very successful career. For sure. Her second album, Be Happy, was released on November 29th in 94. It's important to mention that this album focuses on her struggle with alcohol and drug abuse and being clinically depressed. So let's take a listen to her first single entitled Be Happy and let's let's pay a little attention to the lyrics here. It's a really good question, Mary. That's a really good question. Yeah. Although this album was was done years ago, that that question is still valid. It's valid for everybody. It's so valid. How can you love somebody else when you 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 know you barely love yourself? It's it's 
I love it. Love the message in this song. The song used an instrumental sample of You're So Good to Me by Curtis Mayfield and a resung vocal portion of I Want You by Marvin Gaye, and thus keeps up with the recipe of marrying hip-hop samples and smooth vocals. As an added bonus, the video was directed by Hype Williams. Ah, yes. Oh, Hype. Hype. Done some good stuff. Oh, my God. You remember Belly, the movie? No. Oh, dude. I have go to see back. This, huh? You have to, man. It's the, like the quintessential hip-hop movie. Really? Oh, yeah, okay. for sure. DMX, Nas, stop it. Really? Yo, How yeah, I, dude. How did you miss this? What, what rock have I been under? I don't know. I don't All know. Right. You better well, crawl back. Yeah, right? <laughs> All right, let's get back to the music. On uh, Mary's first album, she did a remake of Shaka Khan's Sweet Thing, and for this album, she decided to do another cover. This time, it would be the song, I'm Going Down. Mm. Originally recorded by Rose Royce from the Car Wash movie soundtrack, which I think we talked about we did. also before. It's so crazy. Yeah, right. So let's give this one a listen. This is I'm Going Down. And the sound of the rain against my window pane is slowly, it's slowly. It's, like, it's got a little Erica Badu vibe, too. Mm hmm. Just with some of those sounds. I mean, not here, but. No, no, no. I, 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 I hear you. I hear you. It's funny that, you know, Roy Ayers was the, the godfather of, like, neo-soul. Right. Well, Erica Badu, D'Angelo, yeah, yes. that was all that neo-soul yeah. vibe yep. in R&B. Yep. And it was all around this time, and they had no problem in sampling that uh-huh. dude. I think that Mary was more like this hip-hop soul. I think that, you know, we put things too many things in a box right. nowadays. It still worked. Yep. So it's funny that even though the song was a cover, it worked out perfectly with her overall theme of the album, the expression of pain and struggle. Yeah, well, as we've said countless times with other artists on the show, we will not be able to get into all of Mary's music. We couldn't get into all of Roy's music. So I'm hoping we'll get a chance to revisit her discography in the future, but best believe she has accomplished a ton. Agreed. Rolling Stone has listed My Life album as one of the 500 greatest albums of all time, and Time Magazine has listed it on their all-time 100 album list. She has released 13 studio albums, eight of which have achieved multi-platinum success. She's won nine Grammys, 12 Billboard Awards. She's earned three Golden Globe nominations. And let's not forget that she just recently ventured into acting as seen on Netflix's Umbrella Academy. Mm-hmm. That was a good That was a good show. That was a good show. With all this hard work, no one can say that the queen of hip-hop soul didn't work for the throne. All right, sir. Let's, let's get back to Roy and, uh, shall we say, his ubiquitous samples of Everybody Loves the Sunshine. I know you've got a list that includes a lot of your favorite artists, including, of course, the Wiggles. So, you, no, you ready no, to dive in? There will be no wiggling uh, during this segment. Just a little bit? Wiggle no, it, just a, just You wiggle on your own, <laughs> sir. You wiggle on your own. Let's start with Most Def, a.k.a. Yasin Bey's track, entitled Life is Real, off his 2004 release, The New Danger. Boogeyman, 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 boogeyman. Hello, my whole life is real. My life, my life, my life, my life. Definitely one of my favorite MCs. He's yeah. on the list. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So anyone who knows me well knows that Mostaf has always been one of my favorites. But we can't forget Naughty by Nature track "Sunshine" from their Poverty Paradise album released in '95. Let's give that a listen. Are you in the easy cat, a kitty cat, a 
Corey, what's the story? You got two barrelists, which shall I pick to make you wiggle for me? There we go, we're wiggling again, and I'm just gonna pretend we did. We're gonna ignore the lyrics that came before that. Do not hit rewind, kids. <laughs> I think it can pass on a family show, so... Mm, mm, and there's that. Well, Treacherous Flow is one of those that is... It's, honestly, it's hard to duplicate, right? Yeah. He raises some eyebrows with his rhymes. It's good stuff. So, all right, I'm, I'm sure you've got more for me. I got one more, man. Well, no, I got two more, but here's one oh. of my... This is my favorite, probably. Okay. Right? Up next, we have West Coast Underground... MC Erul and his single called Listen Up. Now, this track brings back a ton of memories because before my boys and I actually had money to buy equipment and produce tracks on our own, we used to buy singles and then that included instrumentals oh, yeah. and actually right. rhyme over yeah. those. Yeah. So uh, let's uh, let's take a listen to that. Listen up, check it. Erul's about to wreck it. No anaphora in my aura verse. I got the works when I freak it. This song unique with swarms are seeking. Diaphoretic in the energetic Draws up kinetic, being combined with the vibe, not a man to transcribe, though they tried. I draw it down in all in a stew. Well, so now we've looked at both East and West Coast MCs that have used this sample, so how are you going to stick the dismount with the last artist? I am so glad that you asked. I thought that I would mention a group that we haven't mentioned on this show yet Lord Jamar, Sadat, X, and Grand Pooba, aka mm-hmm. Brand Nubian. Mm-hmm. This is their track called Wake Up from their self-entitled debut album released in 1990. Uh, I dig what they did with this track. They're playing with the bass line really kind of, I don't know, makes me happy. It's 1990. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to do that. I miss that, honestly, in music right now. I feel like we've gotten away from, yeah. well, whatever. I think it'll come back. I don't want to sound like, you know, get the off my lawn guy. Off. <laughs> yeah. All right, Tobe, I think you've proven that everyone does indeed love the sunshine, judging by the fact that that song has been sampled 141 times. Woo! So clearly we don't have enough time to get through all of them, but let's let's recap what we did go through today. We started with Roy Ayers and his song, Everybody Loves the Sunshine, and our second feature track was My Life by Mary J. Blige. Our bonus material focused on other artists that have also sampled this Roy Ayers hit, like Mostef, Naughty by Nature, E-Rule, and Brand Nubian. And this episode has been a ton of fun. I really can't wait for the next episode. Mm-hmm. What are we talking about for that episode? <laughs> you know what, I think it's time we talk to our brothers. Hmm, right? okay. And find out. Who's a chicken? Mm. And who can dance? Mm. Yeah. No wiggling. No wiggling. Challenge. <laughs> right, right. All right. Well, until then, if you've enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review the show. It really helps. And as always, thank you for listening to Riffs on Riffs. Keep listening. Huzzah. Riffs on Riffs is a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thanks to executive producers, Joan Andrews and Michael D'Aloya. Producer, Isabel Robertson. Audio engineer, Eric Coltnow. You can listen to more episodes of Riffs on Riffs by finding us on iTunes, Stitcher, or visit evergreenpodcast.com. And don't forget, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please leave us an iTunes review. It really helps. I'm your host, Joe Watson. And I'm your co-host, Toby Braswell. Thank you for listening to Riffs on Riffs.
Hey everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King, an off-road minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media. This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.